Well, guys, it's 120 degrees today in sunny Los Angeles, but our goal is to make Our Lady Dynamite After Show today even hotter. We're covering episodes 9 and 10, so stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Throwback. This is the song that I will never forget. Despite being like a 12-year-old song, it is just so iconic of like a weird mid-2000s pop love. Yes. The Baja Men classic. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Lady Dynamite After Show. I'm your lead host, Jeff Graham. We're missing a Tamara Brown, unfortunately. I know. But I have these two wonderful, beautiful ladies. If you guys want to introduce yourselves, please do. Hi, I'm Kelsey Hightower, and you can catch me on social media at at Kels Hightower. I'm Lisa Mason Lee, and you can catch me everywhere at Lisa Mason Lee. And again, I'm Jeff Graham. You can catch me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham. And this is the Lady Dynamite After Show. Today we're covering episodes 9 and 10, which means this is our second to last show of the first season. That went by so fast. I know. These Netflix seasons are short, but I have a feeling we'll be seeing more Maria to come. Oh, totally. Down the road. I hope so, at least. Um, In the meantime, if you guys like what you see, like what you hear, um, please go to iTunes, rate, like, and subscribe. Go to our YouTube. Go to our website. There's a lot of places that you can find AfterBuzz TV, so don't hesitate. Go do that right now, and thank you for tuning in. So, um, we're getting near the end of the season, you guys. I feel like we're in our swing of things, and we're kind of rounding down now. And um, I want to hear about your guys' thoughts on these two episodes overall. All right. I I thought they were good episodes. Um, I still don't feel like we're getting the closure yet, but I I think we're going to get that the next two episodes. I mean, you know, we're coming to an end. But uh, I'm still getting surprised by things um, as far as content-wise. I think I will never cease to be surprised by Maria Bamford. Absolutely. Lisa, what about you? A while back, I was like, oh, really rooting for Maria and wanted to see her come out of her shell and stand up for herself. And I keep seeing that unfolding. And little by little, her friends are changing. Mm-hmm. And she's developing as a better person. And mentally, too, it seems. so. Yeah, that's a really good point. We have seen her standing up a little bit more. It still seems like everyone in her life is pretty vile. I know. I don't like anybody. I know. And really, I'm kind of. I one, do. Who do? Who are your like go tos, Lisa? Who do I, you like? I'm really starting to like Bruce, especially in the last couple episodes. Like, yeah, my heart's softening for Bruce. Yeah, I felt really bad for him. I was just like Bruce. Yeah, he's very sweet, isn't he? he? He's a sweet guy. And when you're a teddy bear. A big that's a great word for him. He's definitely a teddy bear. When you see him in his van just trying to sell his stuff. My heart just broke in a million pieces. I was like, oh my gosh, Bruce. I know. Um yeah, I definitely like Bruce. And the thing is, I actually at at the beginning of the season, Anna Gasteyer's Karen Grisham was a little much for me. But I found myself rolling in episode 10. (laughs) She killed it. Like, she is amazing. A phenomenal actor, like, doing this part. I was just blown away just by her talent watching her. I was, like, she's obviously very funny in all of this. But I was just, like, the talent just to just rip into it and just keep that character is... You know, impressive. Definitely. You agree, Lisa? Oh, big fan of Anna's character. I think it's, like, one of her characters of a lifetime. I know. (laughs) I was, um watching an interview with her and she was just saying that it's been such a great opportunity and she's just so proud of this role. Um, So we'll definitely get into more specifics, but I say we dive in, huh? Let's do it! Great. So the first episode we're talking about today is episode 9 of season 1 called No Friend Left Behind. And um, 
this is kind of, if we're tackling a theme, it's the idea of standing up to your friends, right? But do you guys find this to be a relatable theme overall for the episode? Hmm, definitely. I mean, it's, she has a problem with that with all of her friends, mm-hmm. so it definitely kept going. Yeah. She's one of those people that just doesn't seem to be able to choose very good friends. <laughs> so I just like, you know, they all have different things. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like we're coming together. I really like seeing Larissa and Dagmar together. I think that is hilarious. I was I was rolling on that part just because Dagmar's like, I am not talking to you. I'm not acknowledging you. I'm not your friend. Why are you still here? Like right. all this stuff. And then Why they are come you back still to, talking? Yeah. And then Maria <laughs> comes back and is kind of like the glue to this quirky like relationship that they've got going on. So that's very observant. It was fun just to have Maria step out. We actually talked about this last episode. Yes, yeah. It might be nice to have as much as like this is clearly Maria's star vehicle and she's the glue that holds the show together. It can be a breath of fresh air for a minute to have your lead step away. Yeah. Um, and let some of the co-stars shine. They're like um, a, they're like a dysfunctional Sex in the City. Yeah, <laughs> when they all meet up. Uh-huh. Did you watch it? I watched it like That's a thousand true. times. No, I mean, I actually, true. I feel like I should because I feel like that show is so iconic. Whatever your opinion of Sex in the City is, every New York show that comes now always gets compared to that show. Like, I love the show Broad City, mm-hmm. um, and I know we're not in New York, we're in LA, but like just the main like a big city feel. It's hard not to compare. That show broke ground. Um, and I love that comparison of kind of a twisted sex in the city a little bit with their yeah. friendships. Um, so we learn through this game because Larissa decides she wants to try to be funny. So <laughs> she like texts. What are the exact words? I should have written it down, but it's like, "Hey you." It's, it's like, "Oh, what is the text?" It's something like, like that. It's hey like, you. "What's up?" Or yeah, it's how you doing? How, it. Yeah, like how you doing? Yeah, or something just what so, you doing? Or yeah, very something generic. So generic and casual. And she picks Jill Quatney Edelman. Mm-hmm who was just by far the worst person in her contact list to pick. But then we're going through, and we learn that um, Maria's contact list is a um, a minefield of shattered relationships, yeah. which I thought was funny. Um, and apparently she got this game from Anderson Cooper 360. Do you guys watch this show at all? I did in the past, but I didn't know that it was an actual game. Yeah, does this yeah. feel like... I couldn't tell if that was... Does this feel like an Anderson Cooper 360 thing to do, or was it just like a funny call-out? I think it's a funny call-out. I, I I didn't really see it being very Anderson Cooper, but yeah. I don't really watch it every night, so I'm not too sure, but... I did I like know. hearing Lennon Parham say Coop Troop. I was just thinking <laughs> that. I was like, yeah, I'm part of the Coop Troop. Yeah, you know? that was great. Um, so we learned that Maria's going to... She's learned that like her past is just filled with these broken friendships, and she's going to try to forge some of them back. So she actually chooses um, Jill Quatney Edelman. Let's talk about this character a little bit. Um, played by Annie Mumolo, who, for those of you who don't know, actually established writer in Hollywood, Kristen Wiig's writing partner, co-wrote Bridesmaids, and is therefore Oscar-nominated... Also um, has screenwriting credit on David O. Russell's Joy, which is really interesting. But she got to start in the Groundlings as a comic actress. So what did you guys think, both of Jill Kwani Edelman and of Annie Mumolo's performance? We'll start with you, Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Jill Kwani. I I just thought it was so crazy how she was, like, running... What was she doing? She was a part of the sheepdog... Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was just so funny that it unfolded that way. And Maria comes in and brings the pug, and Jill's just like, "Oh, you asshole! Why'd you come here?" And then it's funny because uh, Maria's pug just ran the course and like totally survived it and won. And then Jill's like, "Oh, we can be friends again." Yeah. It's just so strange. So yeah. strange. What did you think of Jill Cotney Edelman? She did a great job and a great performance, and I didn't even know that she had all those credits. I probably should have done my research, but I, that is so much talent right there. I and, know. It, you know, she did a great job. 
It was almost too good to the point when, I know this is skipping ahead a little bit, but when we went to the sandwich scene, I just got, like, kind of mad. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, Maria, quit. Stand up for yourself, you know? She's just, like, you know, rolling all over Maria as far as, um, like, let her go. Like, you don't ha- you can leave a friend behind, you know, because she was just being so terrible to her. But as far as her comedy goes, she it was it was funny. Like all everything that she did in this, as far as like Duluth and the sheep, the dog herding, uh, sheep herding, whatever the term is, um, that was just very original. Like who would have thought of that? I yeah, this was such a strange subplot. Just the whole sheep herding thing, and we'll get yeah. into it. But sometimes I get the sense that I love that like these these pitches in the writer's room, it just feels like the zaniest ideas are like, put it in there. Like, why not say no? That's like the time that I want to be in the writer's room, just like a fly on the wall, like hearing all of these things. Because like, we see all these quirky things that show up in the show, but what are they pitching? Like, I want to hear all of the other things. Like, what could have they have possibly come up with before, you know? This would be a fun show to get the, on the cutting room floor and see yeah. what didn't make the edit, because I'm sure there's just so much gold, especially in a comedy this smart. Um, it's interesting. You brought up the fact that this Jill Quanty Edelman character is pretty aggressive. Yes. I will say, some of it was a little much for me. I'm... We mentioned that it seems like the people in Rhea's life are almost getting meaner and meaner. Right. I think there's going to be some kind of crazy revelation. I feel. I hope there is. Mm-hmm. Because it's... I mean, we've talked about... We know, We don't know if this is Maria's mind, if this is real reality. It's... Mm-hmm. You know, the show is operating on so many levels. I kind of wonder if we're going to learn that, like, she is seeing some of this aggression that might not actually be there. Yeah, and, and what we've talked about before in the past is, you know, maybe it's her perspective, like, looking back at things, like how she looks at her life in the past, like, oh, I, I didn't stand up for herself, and so it's just been amplified mm-hmm. for us, uh, maybe as just her perspective or her thoughts looking into the past, you Definitely. know, looking back and stuff. Um, so many levels. Were you going to say something, Lisa? Yeah, yeah, it just seems like like her perception is really her anxiety speaking out. Like, You know what I mean? Do you yeah. ever feel that yeah. way where you have this, these thoughts going through your head and you don't say anything? <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. And it's probably very powerful for her and kind of cathartic to like actually be able to do that, to like use a medium like TV and express the anxiety that she feels. Yeah. Um, it's kind of this beautiful, empathetic portrayal of mental illness, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so before we talk more about Jill, I do want to really quick talk about the scene with the life coach, the other Karen Grisham. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, yes. This was so much fun. How did you guys feel about this scene early on? Lisa. God, she's just, she, everybody's just such an a-hole sometimes to Maria. It's just like, she goes to get help and that person's not very nice to her either. But I loved how she said, oh, it's twice as hard to be friends with uh, someone who's bipolar. Yeah. She yeah. kept making these jokes about being bipolar and... Uh, no, but then the only helpful thing she had told her was to take a look in the mirror and ask how you're doing yourself. So that kind of started spinning off into her observing who her friends are and who they aren't. Mm-hmm. And just she's being a terrible person. Just to go back to that. She's like stealing her ideas and her, oh, her yeah. book. <laughs> right yeah. in there. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Win for me. You know, yeah, <laughs> just like, meetings over. <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, I, I think even in that scene, we kind of saw Maria just making her own breakthrough, even um, because she, Karen Grisham wasn't being very helpful. And like, you know, her advice, you know, look in the mirror, how would you feel? That kind of sparked the thought to, you know, for Maria to kind of seek her own therapy or her own realization to herself. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, and then from that, I think she had her own, like, mini breakthrough that was like, oh, no friend left behind. Like, she kind of came up with that on her own because Karen was off doing other stuff. So I, I 
felt like that was kind of a little glimpse maybe into what we're going to be seeing hopefully yeah. more mm-hmm. of. Have you have you guys seen Jenny Slade before this show? Any of her work? I don't think so. I haven't. I she's done. Have. She's had a nice kind of like under the radar career. She was on yeah. SNL for a season. Oh, really? oh. and it's funny because it just wasn't a fit. Like she's obviously such a talented actress, yeah. but one of the notorious, it's kind of a notorious SNL story. She accidentally used the F word live on air. And like she feared that that would be like the stain on her career, but it hasn't at all. She's had a really nice, talented career. I don't know if you know Marcel the Shell. If you've ever seen that before oh, on yeah, YouTube, yeah, yeah. that's hers. So like oh, she really? voices Marcel, well, I and know that. I've, it's been fun to see her in this role because I think Jenny Slate's really talented. So yeah, um, yeah, she did a really good job. Yeah, definitely. This is one of my favorite side characters. I think of all the Karen Grishams. Well, but I love Anna Gasteyer's yeah, too, so it's hard. Really good. All the character shows. I, I like get really excited when Anna's going to come up. I'm like, what's she going to say? I know. But Jill now too. I'm like excited about Jill as well. Yeah, and we might see her again. I don't know. Uh, It'd be fun. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so this is what we were talking about for a minute a second ago. Jill's job is she runs like this sheep herding facility in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. This was funny and interesting to me, but so out of left field. How did yeah. you guys react to this sheep herding thing? Oh, that I didn't see coming at all. Yeah, you know, I was like, "What is this? What are we doing?" But um, it, yeah, it was it was funny. I didn't expect it. I'm wondering, just thinking about it right now, um, she has this whole little thing about lambs and mm-hmm. sheep throughout the whole season, and it comes mm. up again. And I haven't really thought about it before this, so I'm not really sure what that means. Um, it kind of, I kind of had that thought too. Only on yeah. my second viewing, I was like, "Why would the writers have chosen a sheep herding facility?" But yeah. it does seem like one of the themes of this show is like passively following the crowd or like mm-hmm. choosing to stand up and do something else. So that was yeah. the only thing I could think was you could almost picture a little Maria in this group of sheep being herded by the entertainment industry or something. Yeah, we might be Our reading friends. too much into it. I know. I don't know if yeah, we are. I think we're. I think we're on the, the right path about it. Maybe yeah. we are like definitively the scholars that should be covering Lady Dynamite because that <laughs> agreed. I, I think that's a pretty good observation we just made. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but it, it was funny and like inevitably, no matter what, it was funny to see a pug like hurting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of Bert Backrack, this little pug? I, I love pugs. That was like the cutest thing, and I love that she loves pugs so much. And so anytime Bert comes on, I'm just like Bert, yay. Are you so. a dog person, Lisa? Yeah, and I love how we just don't know if Bert's going to give her some advice or if he's just going to be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, like, Bert was heavily featured in these two episodes. Yes. I did learn um, Bert is voiced by Kyle McCulloch, who's written a number of these episodes, too. So yeah. it's kind of fun. This is the show you can kind of tell it's probably a small team that put it all together. Yeah. Like, a show this specific, you don't want 100 people in the writer's room. So. I don't. Oh, my gosh. You couldn't get anything done, I right. don't think. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. um. I think this is an example of less is more in terms of, you know, focus and talent. Yeah. Um, so we jump back, and we get to see Jill and Maria's past. And we we kind of have this dusty, rusty question. <laughs> what did you guys think of this kind of, this timeline, this Duluth um, with Maria in the wheelchair? Any reactions to this overall? Well, this one we noticed she was suicidal. I know that in the mm-hmm. other right. one she's been depressed mm-hmm. or... Um, uh, anxious, maybe? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but this one, it was very specific. Like, she was, you know, suicide was kind of what was going on in her mind at that point in her life. And so I thought that was an interesting thing to cover and very, I don't, very courageous of the show. I, li- I liked that. You know, mm-hmm. it was very sympathetic of that. Um, and then Jill comes in and is just 
completely unaware and unhelpful like to that it's like not how you would handle you know one of your friends who's talking about suicide and she's like I'll leave you alone with my dog. Oh, but I think Jill thinks she was being helpful. I know <laughs> she does, and it's so terrible. That but... rusty help, you know, Maria pass over after she takes her life. It's I know. just I'm getting ahead, but I have to say this was my favorite line of the episode. Yeah. As Jill's leaving, she goes, Rusty, lights out. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. Um yeah. uh, Go ahead, Lisa. I, I loved. I loved when her mom was like, "Well, look, at you playing God. I think we're gonna, gonna go to the kitchen and get Rusty some Jello." <laughs> it's like what? I love how she said that line. I, that was one of my favorites too. Yeah, Rusty. I can't even do. It's I was about jello. to go southern. You. The one thing about me just never asked me to do any imitations of voices because my instinct for repeating accents is just so bad. I'm so bad too. It's I know. Bad, yeah. Well, whatever. Um, okay, so it, then we go to this bar and we see if Jill gets even worse. Like, we, we learn about Jill's hot yeah. husband, but she's not into him because she's into... Todd. Yeah. Todd. And we learn about getting turkey eyeballed. <laughs> yeah, I love that word. It's pretty funny. I'm using yeah. that. Um, and it, I will say, this whole Duluth, especially the suicide scene, seemed, and I love this. I've talked about this on the show before, but this is such a exquisite balance of tragedy and comedy. Yeah. And I feel like they really amped the tragedy up a bit here, too. This is a very broken version of Maria. Yeah. Uh, did you guys like how kind of dark this especially version of Duluth was? It worked. I mm-hmm. mean... I do because I think, like, there's a lot of artists that wrestle with depression and I feel like some of us can relate to those highs and lows. Yeah. And especially where she's just sitting there eating chips and they're hitting her face. <laughs> and she's just like, yeah, whatever, it's great. But she's so ill inside. It's crazy. I yeah. hate using this word because I think it can sound cliche a lot. But it really is a very brave performance on Maria Bamford's mm-hmm. part. Not only because she's exploring so many components of her character, but she's kind of bearing her soul, really. She's yeah. creating for us the experience of what mental illness is, and it's in such a beautifully empathetic way. Um, so I'm, I really, I was reading some articles, and there's a chance that people are thinking she's a dark horse for an Emmy nod for Best Actress in a Comedy this year. I think she deserves it, right? I do, yeah. It's one of the strongest comedic performances I've seen all year, personally, so we're crossing our fingers for that one, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you brought up the sandwich, the pretzel sandwich in the face. Oh my gosh! Because yes. now we jump back and we're in this restaurant. Yes. And this is this is the present. Yeah, we're back in the present. Right. And to me, this was almost too much. The the pretzel sandwich. I kind of felt the same way. Like when that happened, I was like, okay, yeah. too far, maybe. Yeah. Just um, yeah, because I mean, there was the comparison, you know, of Maria stole Todd after he asked her out. And um, stole her from Jill, who's married. And then we go to the sandwich, and Maria's just like, oh, yeah, that sandwich does look good. I think I'll have one. And, you know, Jill just went on this whole rampage about being gluten-free. And then it's like she, in Jill's eyes, steals the sandwich from her because she can't have it and all that stuff. And so she just, like, gets so upset that she's, like, smashing the sandwich in Maria's face. And it's just like okay, enough. I would have got up and left or something. And then Maria apologizes after all of that. And I'm just like, Maria, no. Leave her behind. Leave her behind. Leave Leave that friend behind. behind. You like this, though, right? I had an experience like this. I swear, I didn't get a sandwich smashed in my face, but I had to leave a friend behind that had celiac. But not because she couldn't eat gluten, but when I was around her... Because you hate people with celiac. Obviously. (laughs) No. Like, I always felt bad. Like, she would give me this eye. And one time, I want reached for a donut and she was like slapped my hand <gasps> and was like you're gonna get fat if you eat that donut no. and every time
time I was around her, she always, like, I would always try to eat, like, corn tortillas instead of flour. And I swear to you, it was very similar. Whoa. <laughs> well, did wow. you leave her behind? I sh- Oh, yeah. Good. You totally. learned from Maria. Yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So we have a lot in common. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to... We do have the pepper stepper pepper bot. <laughs> no, I'm trying to... For some Say reason, I, in my head, this is in episode 10. But I have it here in my notes. Yeah, because this is the past. Because they're talking about um, No Friend Left Behind, and then we go to the past where poor Bruce is there. Oh, the commercial, yes. The commercial. This was very funny to me. How did you guys feel about this whole pepper? This had been referenced in episode six. Karen pitches her on this. So this was a fun callback. We get to see the Pepper Stepper Pepper Bot commercial. What did you guys think? It's so disturbing. I mean, where did that come from? That's another fly on the wall in the writer's room. Like, what that? Like, like how did you create device? that? It's like, yeah. a, it's like a, what's it called? Headgear when you have braces, yeah. but like there's a pepper and she's jogging. It's just so mental. Yeah. yeah and she has to like stop because she keeps eating all the pepper seeds and it's like, she's it's really hot. Yeah. You know? Um, I will say, I liked how they, we had these random cutaways to the actual pepper bot saying, like speaking yes. with her. Like, and then he's like, bam, 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 bam. And the thing is, bam, bam, bam. (laughs) It's pretty funny to me. Uh, But crazy. I mean, like, I I have this question. Is the comedy working for you here, the repetition of bam over and over and over again? I was a little bit like, whoa. I mean, mean, it did create the experience of mania. Like, I was, like, understanding where Maria, how she felt, who she was in that moment. Yeah, I think we saw that hyperness mm-hmm. happening again. And the last time we saw that, I think she was in the doctor's office when she, you know, he was diagnosing her and she like ran out, you know, really yeah. fast. And so at that moment, I just kind of switched to, you know, how she was playing in the doctor's office and how it was just very hyper and maybe that bipolar. I'm not exactly even sure what it is because I'm not familiar with it. No, but I yeah, think I, you're right. I think it worked in that sense. And like, I absolutely got how like she was anxious and hyper in that moment. It's character so. building maybe more than comedy. Yeah, I think yeah. that's kind of what it was. Um, you kind of mentioned that you think these timelines are all moving chronologically. And a, I think bit, so yeah. too, because it seems like in the past, each episode Maria is getting more and more amped up. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm hoping and sensing a breaking point. I think, yeah. I mean, it would be a wonderful way to end the season. So we'll have to see, but it does feel like the pot's boiling more and more. Yeah. Um, so we jump back into the present, and we're finally at the competition. <laughs> I will say, I did enjoy the image of Maria holding Bert like a baby. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I kind of had trouble with the dog slap, though. I did, too. That was another one where I was like, Jill, you took it too far, you know? know. Like, really not... It's hard to like you right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, she, that just really showed how bad of a person Jill is, and it's time to just... I will say, I think if I'm saying episode 9 versus episode 10, I'd say I loved episode 10, maybe liked episode 9. Same. I think Annie Mumble's performance was amazing, but the character was just a little hard for me to really kind of, I don't know, support, I guess. And we're not supposed to, but I think I I was sometimes a terrible character. You want to like him a little bit, and I had trouble, I got to say, liking this character, even though I loved her performance. But that's okay, because we get this beautiful ending scene. Where we're in the forest. <laughs> what did you guys think of this? Where we hear we get Bert's inner monologue. We'll start with you, Lisa. So strange. It almost seemed romantic because his <laughs> accent's a little bit Latin, you know, yeah. when he's talking to her in this very soothing way and then gives her some advice on what real friends are and uh, to leave bad ones behind. Yeah, compared himself to Jesus and he sacrificed yeah. <laughs> himself for Maria yes. and 
all of that. So it really showed their love. I, I thought it was a very sweet moment. I, I did enjoy it. I laughed. I thought it was funny, and I thought it was it really brought the whole purpose of the this episode together mm-hmm. and how it's okay to say goodbye to some friends. Mm-hmm. And Bert taught Maria that, you know, the universe will still go like it's not part of her what was what was she saying she was worried about the universe and that it was the universe's plan and stuff and he was like i took this one it's like it's yeah that was funny how yeah. she he was like i took the dog slap for you so you could learn about the universe yes, and like, exactly. yeah i think he said you 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 bear no responsibility for her striking me for yes. like jesus on the cross i sacrificed myself to you <laughs> Um, yeah, I do yeah. love, even if I'm having a little bit of trouble with elements of an episode, it always comes together nicely at the end, which mm-hmm. is, I was reading another article that was saying this is like secretly kind of sneak attack, one of the sweetest shows of the year, even though it's like just rampant with darkness and like weird, uncomfortable humor, it always ends with this kind of earnest, because Marie is that way, you know? Yeah. So. It's a little bow on it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, last scene I could so relate to Maria texting oh, yeah. Scott. <laughs> I'm like the most anxious texter ever. What was with that phone of his? Oh my god, the flip, flip phone. phone? Uh, I know. That, I couldn't get over that part. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of great though. I mean, yeah. Scott would have a flip phone. It's kind of what I think. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, but she goes, "LOL, ha ha ha." Anderson Cooper 360. <laughs> He's like, "What?" JK Bert made me say that. LOL, JK, LOL, LOL, LOL. L-O- all caps. All caps. L O L. Then she sends an emoji of Bert. Yes. Yep. Then she sends an emoji of herself shrugging, and then <laughs> this is Maria BTW. I love that part. I don't know what I'm doing more than half of the time. Nice. <laughs> we practiced. We did not. We, that was, <laughs> to all you listening and watching, that literally was right off the cuff. Yep. Um, okay, cool. Any more? Oh, real quick, the credits. We get to see all of Maria's outtakes during the Pepper Stepper commercial. Oh, that yeah. That was good. Mm-hmm. So funny, I yeah. thought. Um, okay, cool. Um, anything we didn't touch in episode nine, No Friend Left Behind? Sorry for the paper noise. It's all right. <laughs> it's live. That's what you get. I don't think so. I liked, I liked when Jill said, do you have a new asshole? Because if you don't, I'll buy you a new one so I can rip it for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you. Yeah. Did you have any lines from this one you want to... What did I have? Oh, I liked, um, you're a comedian, so I thought you'd love laughter. That was Larissa talking (laughs) about Anderson Cooper text. One other line she had was, um, talking about Maria's sex life, she says, you're you're like a hobo, you know, riding the old rails like an old dirty hobo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And one more, how many ways can you offend me with bread? Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, I like that. Um, we do have. I, I decided. You know what? We should do some news and gossip. So yeah! I will say, I do have some quick news and gossip related to TV news. So um, this is big. This Wednesday, Maria Bamford is going to be on Jimmy Kimmel promoting the show, and I'm very lucky. I actually got tickets, so I'm going to oh, be there. So I'm going to do my way. best to try to find her and get her to come on our oh, finale. Yes. yes. That is your um, one and only job. It's my one and only job and my only chance to get Maria on the show. Um, <laughs> also, she was on Nerdist this week, so I don't know if you guys listen to any podcasts, but Chris Harbick interviewed her, and it was a really good interview. She talked about the show, so super fans, go listen to that interview as well. Um, also, I was talking about Anna Gasteyer. She just did an interview with Gold Derby, which is a website that kind of investigates and promotes... Investigates? That was a very dramatic <laughs> word. Um, but they sort of predict um, Oscar noms and Emmy noms, and it's an awards promotion website. And she did an interview with them and she had some really interesting quotes. One of the things she talked about was reading the scripts for this show and deciding to actually play the character because Karen Grisham, the agent, is so crazy. 
she said, this, the huge step from page to screen is a leap of faith, which is a really interesting thing to say. Maria, but Maria, I trusted her and I trusted the team because she's a beautiful communicator on the subject of mental illness and an empathetic, relatable, and likable face for the cause. So that's a great interview if you guys want to go watch it. I think that's all I've got for news and gossip, but... That's exciting. That's some good stuff. I'll let you guys know how Maria does on Kimmel, and I uh, hopefully we'll have her in studio next week. But I think it's a slim but potential opportunity, so cross your fingers. Do you think she'll be Diane? From, the oh, likable Diane. Oh, I gotcha. I, I hope she's Diane. Who will she be? That's what I kind of want. You I know, think which version? Whenever she's interviewed, she's, she's kind of this Maria who's just really sweet but kind of quiet and had a great time on set and really enjoyed herself. But I feel like that's yes, that's, that's the Maria that we usually get in interviews. Um, well, let's move on and talk about episode 10, right? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Um, I know we kind of covered it already, but any noteworthy reactions? How do you think this guy, how did you guys think this episode compared to nine? If you had to say which one was your favorite of these two? I was saying I liked episode 10 more mm-hmm. than episode nine. I yeah. did too. Yeah. Pitchapalooza really made me laugh a lot. Very fun. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah. Um, so at the very beginning of this scene, we we do see a closer Maria and Bruce. They seem very friendly in these two episodes, which was fun. Yeah. Um, because Maria's opening up to Bruce all about her sex life. Right. Um, and she goes, you know, Scott got it in there, so I think he's definitely <laughs> worth keeping. <laughs> yeah. I have a hard time with sex. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you guys feel like you're a Bruce here, where if someone's talking very openly about your sex life, you get very uncomfortable? Or not really? I think it depends, yeah, it depends who it is. Same. I am very much a Bruce here. If mm-hmm. anyone, I think I, I like Maria, or like kind of the culture of the Midwest that this show portrays, have elements of like just kind of like let's not talk about uncomfortable things in my personality so I could very much relate to Bruce here so I thought this was a pretty funny scene yeah um, I really was... like Bruce in this episode yeah I uh-huh. love Bruce in this episode what did you think of Bruce in this episode Lisa uh, this is the one where he's selling out of his van right yeah. yeah yeah just so sad and that's where my heart started really warming up for Bruce He's a sweet guy. Yeah. He definitely is. Yeah, because you, you have to wonder who her real friends are. I'm always mm-hmm. analyzing him. Like, are they going to be a bad person? Or is Bruce just out for the money? Because he kind of wanted to work her for the money. A while he did, yeah. But so so is he being sweet? Is it because he wants her back to make the money? Or is he just a good person and he really likes Maria as a friend? So I don't know. I, I agree. Feel like he's kind of, I feel like he's a good person. You just want to love so. him. Yeah. And it's interesting, too. We In the last episode, we saw them you know her firing Bruce and like kind of that brokenness between them and then in the present we see them together so it's like a very interesting dynamic that we go back and forth with like seeing some of the characters like okay well in her past they weren't together they were you know not in good terms and then all of a sudden they're back together because it's the present so you're just like oh we're missing the timeline when are they gonna show that yes um yeah I mean because of all the timelines there's a lot we could explore in future seasons so yeah um, this was kind of fun. We get Maria doing stand-up, and it's like the first time she's doing well. Um, and of course, she's talking about she's done this in her stand-up before, but how she has these anxieties that she might accidentally have sex with her family and cut them up into little pieces <laughs> and then have sex with the chunks. I have those thoughts all the time, so I don't know if you guys can relate. Um, but she ends up doing this to try to push Scott away. Which is, this is something we see in shows a lot. You start to like someone, and you fear that, so you want to push them out. And she's afraid to show who she really is. And, of course, Scott loves it. I was almost concerned by Scott's reaction here, because he says, I actually love these weird fantasies you have. Did you guys fear that he might have had, like, a creepo streak? 
No. No, you didn't. I, I, don't, I thought that maybe they would just match. Good. <laughs> I, I, it seems like that's where they went, but Kelsey... Okay, I kind of felt a little creeper vibe from Scott. I was, even from the beginning, just finding him at the random party, you know, and just being... I think he, he was, like, an electrician, or that's what he said he was. And I was like, mm, not sure about this guy. And now, I think they are compatible, and they're good together, but it's still, like, a red flag. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't know if this is the guy for you, Maria, sort of thing, so... I know, I like them, and I'm, like, shipping them, for sure. I know, I think it's so weird. I'm just worried. I was concerned when he was like, no, I like you more because of those stories. I know, and just kind of the very dark side of him, I'm just a little bit fearful of. Right. What were you going to say, Lisa? Well, sometimes I can't tell if they're being sarcastic or honest about it. It, that's why I'm like just taking it as they're kidding about it. You're right, and this lo- this show does have a lot of like throwaway crazy, li- not throwaway, but just like moments of just insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, literally and metaphorically, right? Yes. <laughs> so we don't know all the time what we're hearing and what's true. Um, but I don't know. I I want to like Scott, but I'm trying to reserve faith because like that just that was a bit of a red flag to me. I'm the same way. I'm on your page. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> We get an investigation to Bruce Bendakrick's financial woes because we find out that he had all these shirts from Maria that accidentally got shipped to South Sudan overnight and cost him $32,000. We do get this beautiful cutaway to South Sudan where we have these (laughs) Sudanese, like, soldiers talking about the, like, you know, like, the subtleties of Maria's show and how, I think the quote was... Uh, this shirt is a reference to Maria Bamford. She works really hard to destigmatize mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I have to wonder, do you guys speak any Sudanese? Was that actually what they said? But actually, oh, I, yes. You no, do? I'm no, I'm kidding. I <laughs> thought you might speak Sudanese when yeah. I met you. I look like it. I get that a lot, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they do have this discussion about Natasha Legero. Are you guys fans of hers at all? Have you seen any? I haven't Googled her, now. Yeah. Worth same. checking out. For those of you guys who, I'm sure a lot of you guys comedy nerds know, but she's got a show on Comedy Central called um, Another Period. And it's oh, like a, yes. yeah, she's like the creator star of that show. So that's where you might know her. She's also great on Comedy Central's roasts. Mm. Uh, but that was fun. It is funny, though. I don't think you can pick a more polar opposite comic to Maria than Natasha Legero. So that was a funny. Ah, uh, Okay. I mean, that was why it was funny to hear those guys talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we jump back, and we learn all about Pitchapalooza. And um, I do... I'm going to get ahead, but my favorite line here... You know, every good pitch can be said in three words. Friends. Whiny. Coffee. Juice. <laughs> this is great. Um, so what do you guys think, overall, this whole Pitchapalooza plot line? And my alliteration. Why did Karen just decide that she wanted Maria to do this? I think I kind of missed the point. What do you think, Kels? Well, I think it was just one of the... Her, it was her next step, mm-hmm. I think. Um, oh, yeah, because she said, um, this is leg number two of your three-legged stool. Um, give the world a hit sandwich TV show or something. So Yeah, I think... So I was confused about how who Wendy Malick was. Mm-hmm. I guess she's just a producer, right? Or was she a performer? Ooh, I don't. I don't think I caught that. I, Let us know in the comments, y'all. Yeah. I was confused here because she's definitely one of um, Karen Grisham's clients. Yes, but like, who? Like, why is she holding this meeting to get all these pitches? And yeah, there was a lot going on in this scene. There was yeah, there's quite a bit, and I think I missed a lot of it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, was it like, just moved. It moved, it and moved. I watched it again, and I was yeah. like, I feel like all, not all the information has been divulged here. Yeah. Um, but I know this was like the next step because she was she's branding and so that's right. why she did the commercial and then now she has to go pitch a TV show and do this thing right yeah but that's all 
Um, it did feel very LA. Like I feel like these yeah. pitch fests are like super LA. And if we're talking about this show as a love letter to Los Angeles, it feels very true. Mm-hmm. Um, we also learned. I know you're not a writer, but Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein on a dare. So you should just go ahead and try to pitch. <laughs> um, so we do get to see Maria writing with Graham. This was a fun scene. I thought. Oh yes. What did you? What do you guys think of this overall? Have you guys had this experience of trying to write with someone you're into on more of a friend level? Or not really? Yeah, here and there, and it doesn't always work out. I know. It can be a big step in a relationship for comedians to open up that door. It can be very intimate to write with someone. Yeah, I don't know. And so I did really quick, I gotta say this line too. Commercial. Buick commercial. That's not a Buick. We find out later it is a Buick. That's Maria (laughs) talking about. Um, but then Graham opens up to Maria. This was fascinating yeah. to me. What did you guys think of this? Didn't he say something about how he feared how he was getting older, too old to do stunts? Or uh-huh. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of was sad. Yeah, because that is a truth in Hollywood. Very much so. Very and he Hollywood. opens up about his depression, and he's like, mm-hmm. you know, my mom tried to kill herself when she was seven. Maria doesn't hear any of it. No, it, she's into this pitch. She's really 100%. into this pitch. It kind of bummed me out because I thought, like, whoa, right? You and Graham could have been a great fit. Yeah, there was a moment where they could relate, and Maria runs off and cry, does her sponge cry in the <laughs> yeah. shower, yeah. which I love. I that know. is a funny recurring bit. Yes, it makes me wonder if Graham will ever show up in present, Maria, because. That's past, Maria, and mm-hmm. if we do see Graham present, Maria, there might be something there. I know. I really like Graham. Me like, too. I feel like they were a good fit. You know, it's just like moving ahead too quickly, and the anxiety just kind of got in the way of a lot of things. Right. So, Well, such is life. Such um, is life. But we do get to go to Pitchapalooza. Um, this was great. This was my favorite Anna Gasteyer we've seen, I think. So many yeah. good lines. Um, she talks about how she, everyone in the room's a piece of shit, but she <laughs> loves all her friends. They're all yeah. her friends. <laughs> Very um, Hollywood again. Yeah. Yep. Gosh, this is funny to me. But then we get to see Maria's breakdown, and as you guys may or may not know, this was very closely based off a very famous commercial from 1984, the Apple 1984 Super Bowl commercial, which I actually got. Mark, are you ready to play that clip? All right, let's see it. Computer will introduce Macintosh. That's probably good. I feel like we got the essence of the commercial. Um, okay, it's hard for me to watch that and not laugh after having seen Maria <laughs> do the exact same thing. How do you guys yeah. feel fresh with this commercial in your mind, seeing the Lady Dynamite version? It's just brilliant. Yeah. Is it is it a way of ex- Maria expressing that she was trying to break through this anxiety of having to talk to Wendy Malick and pitch? I guess. Yeah, like, this might be a breaking point for her. I mean, it's clearly a breaking point, but maybe this is a progress point for her. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like the image of that hammer flying through this, like, space and destroying that TV, like, maybe she's getting a hold of herself in the past. Yeah. What's funny, though, is we do know that her next step is Duluth. So, it was, to me, it was just a very funny kind of 
weirdly anachronistic reference. Like, it was fun to have. And, like, from a production design standpoint, really good. That was pretty exciting. Yes. Yeah, like, shot for shot. Yes, beautifully done. Yeah. And it was just so funny. We did get to see um, Trabajito appear on the screen. They're showing all the people. I feel like that was a fun playthrough of all that we've seen in the show. It kind of reminded me. And I think that's kind of like what you were talking about, the breaking point. You know, it's like she's running through all these things in her head and all the people and Susan and her mom and everything that everyone said. And then it's like the hammer hits and maybe that is the breaking point. And then we see her, you know, fainted Mm -hmm. on the lap. And so, I don't know, maybe it's a point where she's just getting rid, you know, like... I don't know, breaking through the anxiety and, yeah, seeing all that. And breaking through the Hollywood of it, the Mm -hmm. Karen Grishams and stuff, too. Yeah. Well, that was cool. I thought that was a really fun, smart move. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So now we learn, we go back in the present, we learn about Scott's issues with knives. This was crazy. (laughs) Maria freaks out and she leaves. Um, And now we see Bruce, and he's living out his van selling stuff. The question I had at this point is, in this moment, who's doing worse, Maria Bamford or Bruce Ben Backrick? I know, it's a sad, sad... Yeah. I don't know, relationship that they have. It always seems, though, like, however bad Maria's doing, she always still has money in the bank. You notice that? Yeah, that's true. And it was funny because last week, um, Tamara mentioned that Maria's kind of open with money. Yeah. And there was actually a line. I might have to come back to it at the end because it's somewhere in my notes. But she had a line where she was very open about money on the show and, like, not uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Thinking, like, that might be true to who she really is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go back to Duluth and we have this scene with the sex offender. Again, I feel like this was a very sad Duluth. Funny, but how did you guys react to this whole big brother, big mother thing? I found it to be very random. I'm like, when did her mom become some kind of mentor for sex offenders? <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like a guinea pig to try to straighten the guy's mind out, and it was just totally wacky. Another one of those things. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. I mean, it's reinforcing the thing of, like, Maria, stand up to yourself. But, the, yeah, this is another example of, like, what a crazy random And I inclusion. bet it's, you know, picked from real-life experience, you know? I, know. I It's got to be. Yeah, you're right. I This is why we got to get Maria in studio next week I and know, try we to figure out. I have to ask all these questions. Um, I have notes about her having a hard time making eye contact. Was that in the scene or was that yes, after? I can't remember. That was. That's an important thing to bring up. That did actually tie a nice little bow on the theme of like mm-hmm. the idea of looking someone in the eye is very much a physical indicator of standing up for yourself. So that's really what we were getting in that scene. And um, I'm pretty sure she was practicing with a, uh, a little doll. Lamb, or the, or- was it a lamb? I, I think it was. It was the backside oh. of it. Okay. But I, when I mm. saw it, I was like, I think that's a lamb. It must be. Another lamb callback. Look at us, Lady Dynamite We're going to have to go through it again. I know, yeah. seriously. <laughs> um, so then we get this scene. Another like cur- recurring motif we're seeing is like Maria uses Bert as her therapy, which yeah. is really cute, I think. And they sing. What did you guys think of this song? Oh, yeah. They, what, they, was the co- what were they covering? I know that rhythm. I thought it was an original... I know that song from somewhere. Do you? Yes. I just couldn't place it where it was, but they were just redoing the lyrics. Oh. Mm-hmm. Guys, let us know in the comments. Yeah, please. Yeah, we know. Um, we'll I bet it's somewhere online we can find it, but mm-hmm. um, this was cute. I honestly felt like this was a little long. Like, I felt like it could have maybe been pared down a bit, but I like this whole Bert also talks thing. I think it's funny. I do, too. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Also, was Bert her dog at this point? Because it seemed like... Mm-hmm. Was it? Okay. Wait, what do you mean? I don't, like, was that... Grams? Did you think it was Grams? Oh, was it her dog versus someone 
Oh, I see. Did she have Bert? Yeah, did she yeah. have Bert? Or this was, was she just present. Mean? I think this was present. Oh, okay. I think, like, after the eye contact thing, we are back in the present. Oh, and okay. It's her. I might have missed that. Yeah. Um, no worries. That's a... It's a, tough to keep it all straight. Isn't and it I might though? be wrong. I'm just I'm 99% sure about okay. that. Okay. Uh, probably is. Um, so, finally, we... Um, are going to make some moves. Maria watches this nature documentary with this hilarious commentary about these monkeys. Um, because when you're in a relationship, you're not just dealing with your own shit. You're dealing with someone else's shit. Um, so, of course, she goes to make up with Scott. And she wants to... Oh, first, we do have to talk about this sweet makeup scene between Bruce and mm-hmm. Maria. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah, he comes to the door with balloons and he scratched out... What was it? Happy birthday and it said sorry. sorry. Yes. This yeah. is cute. This it is the feel-good kind of mushy center of this show that I really I like. I really got the feels on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then finally, we make up with Scott mm-hmm. and the monkey's right there on the on the hood. This is hilarious. I got, got Marcel vibes from Friends. Yeah. Um, so you guys are shipping Scott and Maria. What do you mean by shipping? Oh, so this is something I actually learned here at AfterBuzz. Shipping <laughs> is like the like you're relationshipping them as in like you support. Oh. And like sometimes in fan fiction it'll be like, no, I'm totally shipping Graham and Maria. We're That's shipping. It. It's cool. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys like Scott and Maria? Well, he's night and day from Graham. Yeah. So totally I don't different. know. I'm just trying to figure out Scott. You guys are creeped out by him a little bit. I'm I like him fan. because he's a little... I like Scott because he's a little dark. He has a little mm-hmm. bit of a dark side, but we also learned that Graham had a l- little bit of a dark side, right. too. I like yeah. Scott, too. I want to like Scott. I was just concerned. I, I don't want him to fetishize Maria's illness. That's yeah. the fear. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want him to just be turned on by the fact that she's crazy. I want him to love all of her. Yeah. Right. Um, but, I don't know. I might be reading too much into it. Um, no, point, I feel the same way. Point. And I'm definitely a Graham fan, I think. Yeah. Overall. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. But, yeah. Um, it is. I do like this theme again. In a relationship, you need to handle the shit of another person, not just your own. And how true is that, right? Love that. Yeah, Another it's a very good motto. Yeah. Um, during the credits, we get the monkey on the car. Mm-hmm. Yes, we just watched. watched that whole thing. It was hilarious. So fun. Oh my god. And that's the episode, right? Yeah. Yep. Anything you guys want to talk on that I didn't touch on? Mm, nope. I think we. Got I think it. I did good. I I liked this episode a lot. And Me too. I mean, it did have a good bow tie at the end, and I really liked it. It was very sweet, Mm -hmm. you know, just like Maria. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, guys, that's episodes 9 and 10. Um, Next week, we're done. Weird. I know. It's been a fun ride, but um, in and out, just like Scott in episode (laughs) 8. Okay. Um, Guys, thanks for tuning in. My name is Jeff Graham. You can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham, and I'll start retweeting some more great Maria Bamford articles for you. Sounds good. And I'm Kelsey Hightower, and you can find me on social media at at Kelsey Hightower. And I'm Lisa Lisa Mason Lee. You can find me everywhere at Lisa Mason Lee, and I love pretzel bread. Nice. (laughs) All right, guys, thanks so much. We'll see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.